Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello and welcome to another edition, another episode, another installment, installment of our podcast. Yay! What synonyms can we come up with? Probably not many right now. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a very long, but a very good week. That's right. We've had a long week. Yeah. With, uh, we've the Immaculate Conception and we had a mission at Our Lady of Mount Carmel and Father Patrice's sister gave birth. Amen. Thanks be to God. Got a new nephew. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the, the Lord. The family is, they are being fruitful and multiplying, you know, fulfilling that Bible command. Being obedient. Being obedient to the Lord. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Yeah. That's a great day. Great day. So, I wasn't here last week. Yes, and we let everybody know. <laughs> yeah, we definitely <laughs> talked about it publicly. So I don't know what you said about me because we don't listen to our own podcast. <laughs> also true, and I don't know what you talked about because we don't listen to our own podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know what we're talking about for this podcast. Oh, good, that's, and that's all that's important. Yes. Uh, but if you didn't listen last week, I, I think you should. Uh, okay. The viewer, the the, the listener. I guess they're not And viewer. Brother Elijah, as an example to all of our listeners. Yeah. No, we're just continuing our, our theme, as you know. Uh, he's joking. That uh, He might not know what we did, but he knows what the theme is. We're, we're talking about figures of the that lead us and prepare us. Mm-hmm. So two weeks ago, we did Simeon and Anna. Last week, we did John the Baptist. So we're doing these mm-hmm. these figures who we think we can imitate and should imitate as examples for us to help us prepare for Christmas in this Advent season. Amen. Well, now that I've been filled in, I feel like I can actually do something positive here. <laughs> we really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we will talk about Joseph. Amen. Which, but, but which? Yeah. Joseph, should, okay. There's which lots Joseph, of them, brother. I wasn't. I was pausing for effect. Mm. We will talk about... It certainly had an effect on me. Yes, I hope so. That's why I looked at you. We will be talking about Joseph, the Old Testament Joseph. Kicking it Old Testament But not without making a brief mention one more about the Joseph of the New Testament, Mm. since it is the year of St. Joseph. Not uh, it's over. My just friend. ended on the Immaculate it Conception. Ended. Well, I, but it's still in our hearts. In, in our, our hearts, hearts, it will it's always, always the be the year of Saint Joseph. I feel a little lost right now. <laughs> <laughs> so do our listeners. <laughs> Actually, we did. I did get some comments in the mission of Brother Elijah's so funny. Yeah, uh, no, you're, so you're thank you. you, you they, you, they you, missed you last week. Bro. Yeah, they well, did. missed you. <clears throat> We're not funny, so it's nice yeah. to have some, some humor. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I'm trying to be funny. That maybe that's what makes me funny. Whatever it is, just keep doing it. Well, thank you. But let's talk about Joseph, the Old Testament Joseph, mm-hmm. the man with the many-colored cloak. Uh, so, Father Antony, if you would, wouldn't mind uh, starting us off here, but um, maybe just a little bit of background for, for some people who don't remember the story of, of Joseph, just kind of what was going on there, and then maybe we can talk a little bit more uh, specifically about how that ties into our theme here for Advent. Of course. So, we have to go back to Jacob. Jacob, also named Israel, has 12 sons, and but he loves—he has 12 sons from four different women, 
So look, it's a, it's a different a different day and age. But long story short, he was supposed to, he wanted to marry Rachel. Um, his uncle was like, "Oh no!" Um, he pretends to give her Rachel, but actually gives her her sister Leah. And so he marries Leah. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like, I, you know, this is why you didn't why you don't see the bride until the day, the time mm-hmm. of the wedding. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Was not mm-hmm. re- ready for this. Um, and he's like, I wanted to marry Rachel. He's like, well, Leah's older, so I had to marry her first. So he ends up marrying both Leah and Rachel. Leah has sons. Rachel's not happy, so she gives Jacob her concubine So because so, she's not having any sons. How kind. And then the concubine's having sons, and Leah's not happy, so she gives her her his her concu- him her concubine. It's all just messed up. Anyway, Rachel is Jacob's favorite, and Rachel's oldest son is Joseph. So Joseph is the favorite son of Jacob. And his brothers are not happy about this. They're jealous of Mm -hmm. Joseph because he is the favorite. He's a a man of dreams. He's had these dreams where he sees um, his mom and dad, uh, Jacob and Rachel, bowing down to him and all his brothers bowing down to him. And his brother's not happy. He's got these dreams. And then his father loves him so much, he gives him this multicolored coat. And back, you know, at this time, this would have been a very expensive coat. To have dyed wool like this, especially multiple colored dyed wool, uh, would have been a very expensive coat. So it's a very lavish gift that he Mm -hmm. gives to Joseph and the brother's not happy. So the brothers um, decide they want to kill Joseph, and um, they not cool, not cool. So Joseph is sent out to give them uh, food and water, and uh, while they're tending the sheep, well, the brothers see him and like we kill him, and they they change it like no, not to kill him, we'll just sell him off to slavery. Um, so, but they take the coat, they they tear it up, they pour blood on it, and they go back to their they sell Joseph to slavery, and they bring that coat back to their father Jacob and say here is. Um, your son's coat we found it in the wilderness he must be dead he was killed by wild animals Jacob's obviously distraught we think Joseph's dead he's now in Egypt um, how much do you want do you want to keep on the overview then we'll go in specifics or we want to stop and pause about each at each part and talk about it well is there something specific that's striking you right now father as you're speaking that you'd like to tie into Advent oh yeah I think so I think this coat then let's mm-hmm. do it I think this coat is so beautiful because I think it's, um, and th- I'm getting to the in my end point, but I kind of at the beginning that that the coat was stolen from Joseph, mm. physical coat, but I think he kept in a, a spiritual, like an emotional coat on, that he was loved by his father mm. through it all. And we, well, I, this kind of ties to the end when you know he uh, he doesn't blame his brothers for everything that happened, but that that Joseph that sometimes in life we get these coats taken off, these coats ripped off, and they're they're physical things. We we lose a loved one. Um, and that's happened to a lot of people this past year. And so this might be the first Christmas for you without a loved one. Um, you, um, you, you lose a, a job. You, you, you have a relationship, but you're, you've, you have a falling away from a, a certain relationship. Whatever it is, we can lose these things physically, these coats, we want to put it up, these, these things that were lavish, things that we held on to, the things that meant so much to us can be taken from us. And I think the first question I have to ask ourselves for Advent is, how is that affecting us? Because it could have affected Joseph one of two ways. Right, Joseph could have said, well, my coat was taken. He becomes bitter, becomes angry, becomes resentful. Mm-hmm. And we see as we fast forward in the story, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That his brothers could physically take a coat away from him, but they couldn't take a deeper reality. The fact that his, he was the beloved of his father, not just his father Jacob, but his heavenly father. That can never be taken from him. And I think that's, for me, the first lesson we learned from Joseph is that though a physical coat is taken away from him, a spiritual coat, an emotional coat is, is, is kept on. And that's the reality of what the coat symbolized. I think it's important to really um, enter into the emotion of this story um, where where he's, I mean, we've all, uh, people have really suffered and experienced trauma and tragedy in life. I mean, this man was 
was left for dead by his family, by his brothers, um, and then sold into slavery by his brothers. I mean, just the the profound betrayal of that, um, the profound pain, um, the profound sorrow that to 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 experience that, um, and 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 what you're saying, Father, is like you know he had. I mean, that that's real. I mean, that's real pain. And and then you we fast forward to the end of the story too, and you can see just um, the profound emotion that Joseph has when with his brothers at the end. But um, but it's to recognize that um, that the suffering and the pain is real, uh, and, and and the drama and the tragedy of this man's life um, is is real. He he gets it. He understands it. I mean, he's that's that's. Um, I don't think I haven't. I mean, no one's ever left me for dead or sold me for slavery. You know what I mean? And uh, and so uh, there's just a, there's a real wound there. Um, and and they they yeah. And I think what you're saying is that this coat symbolized something. Um, and uh, and so I just think that for us to really enter into just the the greatness of the story, just allow yourself to kind of just put yourself in his shoes and, and to to think about what that would mean to be left for dead by family or sold into slavery by family. And that's Horrific. Um. And then he's sold into slavery, right? And, and things go from bad to worse for Joseph, right? So <clears throat> he's sold into slavery, and he, he actually goes to this guy named Potiphar. It becomes kind of a part of his household. And over a period of time, we, we don't know exactly how much time, but over a period of time, he works his way up to be the head of the household. So he's the, the slave who basically runs everything. He's kind of overseeing all the other slaves mm-hmm. uh, for Potiphar. Well, Joseph being a striking, handsome young man. Uh, a ruddy fellow. <clears throat> and Potiphar's wife not being a baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost kind of woman. <laughs> Uh, yeah. she decides that she is going, um, is, is, that she wants to be with Joseph. She wants to lay with him, uh, to know him in the biblical terms. Yeah, not uh, cool. Yeah, not good. She wants to commit adultery. And, um, and so she basically goes to Joseph and says, you have one of two options. Either you sleep with me, and mm-hmm. I won't say anything. We'll be quiet, it'll be secret, it'll be hidden. Or you don't sleep with me, but I lie about it, and I tell my husband Potiphar that you, 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 raped me. Mm-hmm. And, and and so here are your choices. And Joseph so beautifully is like, well, I'm, I'm not going to commit the sin. Like there's two things before me. One, maybe I get away with, maybe I don't, but I won't get away with before God. Mm-hmm. And so I'm making the decision that I'm going to, whatever the consequence, say I didn't, uh, I'm not going to sleep with you. And so she yells out, she accuses him and says um, that he he slept with her or tried to sleep with her. And Potiphar, of course, is very angry, and Joseph gets thrown in jail. And so I think we have to start there. Um, that that Joseph, I'm trying to get to the exact. Um, that 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 he wouldn't give in mm-hmm. to this temptation. That here's the temptation that would say, "Hey, what's best? For, what's the most logical thing to do is just give in to this woman." Right, because then I'm not going to go to jail. Maybe I get away with it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I don't, right. but maybe I get yeah. away with it. But even if I don't do it, I'm going to accuse as if I did it. Yeah. So if I just do it, maybe I'll get away with it, and maybe there'll be no problem. And and for me, oftentimes, I, I want to reflect as people lie a lot. Mm. Yeah. And I think people lie because they think it's what's the best thing to do. Right. You know, I hear that too often. Like, well, I, I well, I think it's it was better for the other person, or it was the best for the situation. Right. That somehow it just makes it this sin, whatever the sin is, not really given living in the truth. This is going to make it what's best. And I think this Advent, another time thing Joseph teaches us, we've got to ask ourselves, where are we living in a lie? 
You know, or are we letting letting a lie yeah. or lies, and we think lies are going to be what's best, mm-hmm. and not living in the truth of the gospel, and especially as we, He who is the truth comes amongst us, amongst us at, at Christmas. Where am I saying, uh, unlike Joseph, I'm going to give in to the lie and give in to the sin, and I think that's what's best. It's incredible. I mean, we see it again where where Joseph is favored in his biological family, and then his biological family tears him down, um, and then he goes to work for Potiphar and. And he becomes the head. He becomes the head of the household, the steward, and, and he has all this favor. And then immediately, um, he just gets turned down. It all gets taken away from him. So we just there's just kind of this dynamic in Joseph's life where um, where it's just blessing and goodness, and then it just all falls apart for him. And then it's he rises back up, and then it all falls apart for him. And so uh, I think there's just um, where, where we see this in our own lives too, where where we have these seasons of where we're feeling we're experiencing favor or things are going well for us, then all of a sudden it's just taken away from us in the drop of a hat or whatever it is. And and, um, and, and we can kind of just begin to look at well, where God is and, and, and all of this. But and then Joseph comes to us and just kind of teaches us just perseverance, um, perseverance through these seasons, um, to do the right thing, as you're saying, um, to not compromise, um, even though it might keep you in that, like, like what might seem like now I get to keep my, my status, my favor, you know, um, this is already taken from me. I've worked so hard to bring myself back up to a place of, 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 of goodness and blessing. And, and if I just commit this one little sin, I get to keep it all. But, um, but he doesn't do that. Um, he doesn't do that. And so it's just this, this, this character, this witness, this, this person for us to come to teach us to, to persevere in, in doing the right and doing the good and being righteous before God. And, and that is, that's more important than what our external circumstances are saying to us or what other people are saying about us. Well, it seems as if doing the right thing got him in a worse situation. <laughs> because he ended up in prison. He ends up in prison. But then what happens, Father? So he ends up in prison and... Again, he's he's obviously a very skilled person because he becomes like the trusted prisoner among the prison guards. So they kind of look to, and um, he is taken by uh, taken in by by these pris- uh, prisoners. And two of other Pharaoh himself's servants are sent there. The baker and the cupper, for whatever reason, they did something Pharaoh didn't like, so they're in jail. And they both have dreams, and so and Joseph interprets those dreams and basically tells the baker, um, Pharaoh's going to kill you. <laughs> And but he tells the cupbaker, "You're going to be your cupbearer. You're going to be released." Um, I think I have those right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, but he says, "Hey, when you're released, you go back to Pharaoh. Would you speak a kind word for me?" And so um, the baker's killed, and the cupbearer's released, just as Joseph says. And uh, and so the cupbearer, to say thanks, says absolutely nothing. <laughs> he completely forgets about Joseph. Yeah, no. <laughs> so it just like adds to the pain. Yeah. I think it's like two years after the, the interpretation long, yeah. of the dream. So yeah. he's already been in jail. He's already been with Potiphar. Um, his household for a while. He's already been in jail enough to be like the favorite prisoner, however long that takes. He's already interpreted this dream. And like two years after he's interprets this dream, finally Pharaoh has a dream. Mm-hmm. And a compare and Pharaoh and none of the wise men can interpret it. And Pharaoh's like, can no one interpret it? The cupbearer's like, oh yeah, there's this guy <laughs> who actually like interpreted this dream for me. Yeah. It all came to pass, but I can really forgot about him. Yeah. Um, I feel like I can imagine exactly the type of person that this cupbearer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. To, to the people out there, like, don't picture someone right now. You might, this might be picturing somebody in your life who was like this. Like, you, you really poured it out for them, and then they're like, their Thanksgiving was to completely forget about you. <laughs> Thanks for all that you did. Uh, 
What else? What did you do for me? What have you done for me uh, recently? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and so um, he, Pharaoh, he goes. To, Pharaoh has this dream, and Joseph interprets it. Mm-hmm. And basically, the dream is there's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Mm-hmm. So store up during the plenty because there's going to be nothing during the famine. Yeah. And Pharaoh. Like, well, let's put this guy in charge. Yep. <laughs> like, it's just the sign of the grace of God uh, mm-hmm. working in Joseph's life. And so Pharaoh is, it's Joseph is put in charge of all of Pharaoh's goods. And for seven years, he's, seven years, he gets put in charge of collecting all the grain yep. um, to prepare for the famine. So when the famine comes, um, Egypt has enough food. And I guess we, let's pause there for a second just to go back on this. It, things have gone from bad to worse for Joseph. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in jail. But I, I think uh, uh, just the next lesson for me, the thing I, I like is, even in jail, God prospers him. Mm-hmm. As much as that, that's hard for us maybe to hear because right. he's in jail. Yeah. But one, he becomes the favorite of the jailers. And two, he, God's pouring forth the Holy Spirit for him to interpret dreams and help other people even yeah. in the middle of jail. And we don't know what else Joseph is doing in this time, but I'm sure he's helping other prisoners. Mm-hmm. God's still working in his life. That despite the fact that he's been rejected by his own brothers, his own boss's wife, mm-hmm. you know, and there, there go, like, it's like, well, things were bad, but at least I was, God put me in an okay situation. Yep. But then God even takes that away, and now I'm in jail. And yet yeah. God is faithful. God's ever faithful mm-hmm. in working with Joseph, even in jail. I think that's, for me, the next lesson for how we're, we're, we're talking about, we're preparing for Advent. How do we yeah. prepare for Advent? Um, that Joseph teaches us that God can work in any, any circumstance. Jesus was born in a manger. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you imagine you're Joseph, you're New Testament Joseph, the husband of, of Mary, and you're walking around this, and you're knocking on doors, and everyone's like, sorry, no room. It's like, I've got a woman who's literally going to give birth tonight. <laughs> like, she's, she, the by baby the way, is coming. He's the savior of the world. <laughs> by, by the way, it's a miraculous conception, yeah. you know? Uh, an, an angel announced this. Yeah. I've never had slept with her. Mm-hmm. She's a virgin, and, uh, and yet she's going to give birth, by the way. And yet, um, God, even those situations, like, no, we're going to go to a manger. And 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 Joseph, the New Testament Joseph, just to point to him, and Mary are not bitter and angry and resentful. They say, okay, if this is where, if this is where the Savior world wants to be born, his plans are bigger than our plans. Mm-hmm. And obviously we see how beautiful it is that he was born in a manger, how beautiful it is yeah. that, that this is the place and the shepherds come and the wise men come, that, that, that our, our Savior was born in, in poverty. And so, I mean, for me, even this Advent season, when we look at our circumstances, situations, we can oftentimes be like, I wish. You know, we, we, I think we dwell in the past a lot. Christmas mm. gets us in that, that, yeah, very that mood yeah, yeah. where we like to look Nostalgic, back on Christmases yeah. of old, which mm. is a good thing. And we like to look yeah. at our traditions, et cetera. But sometimes we look at the past and we're like, if only, right? Yeah. Right. If only I'd caught that pass, you know, whatever the, you know, if only I'd made this, I'd, I'd made, gone to this school instead of that school. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, you know, if only I'd studied this instead of that, or I'd married that person instead of this person. Maybe we're mm-hmm. kind of like some really bad, you know, wow. uh, you know, kind of situations in our mm-hmm. life. Um, and, and I think we have to just accept the grace of God in the moment that even though God did not want Joseph's brothers to throw him into slavery, God did not want Potiphar's wife to falsely accuse him. God, it's not like God willed these things, but God was working through all of it mm-hmm. in order to get Joseph to the place. And, and so Joseph, when he just humbly accepts it, God's able to, to work through that because if, if his anger had become, again, bitter, resentful, um, filled with, with uh, hatred, God can't work through that. But because his heart remains humble and he's like, okay, God, if this is where you have me, I'm, I'm willing to be used. God used him even in this situation. It's um, just we're in the season of Advent, and just 
just the, the days are getting shorter. Um, like it's, it's literally getting darker out every day. You know, the, the sun is, and, and so the, what's so beautiful about that season is that, um, you know, even the world is telling us that like kind of darkness is, is maybe closing in and, um, and, and for in Joseph's life, it just kind of just keeps getting just darker and darker and darker. Um, and he is this, this guy who is just waiting for his, his freedom, for his deliverance, um, for the Lord to provide for him. And, and that's kind of where we're at for Christmas is like, okay, like even, even the, 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 the world itself is, is telling us, okay, it's just getting a little bit darker, a little bit darker, a little bit darker. Joseph's story just gets a little bit darker, a little bit darker, a little bit darker, but, um, but we keep hope. Uh, we keep hope. And I think, I think that's one of the things, if we don't want a, a bitter heart or a cynical heart, then we need a heart that has hope, um, that has hope for a different outcome. Um, if we're always looking back and, 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 and with regret at the way things were, um, the antidote for that is, is to look forward in hope. Um, and in Christ is our hope, not a hope in that necessarily worldly circumstances or worldly situations are, are going to... Um, you know, be what we imagine them or what we think they should be. Um, but but to hope in Christ, um, that, that Christ will give us freedom, that Christ will give us peace, Christ will give us joy, that Christ will deliver us from from whatever that spiritual, emotional state that we find ourselves in because, um, you know, the, our, our, our physical code has been taken from us, but we need the, we need the, the robe of hope um, to, to put on ourselves. Uh, one of the things that I really like about this story is um and i think that's that's kind of a challenge for me sometimes in advent but i think very important is uh the way that it kind of points forward to um but also i think can help us enter into the mindset that would have been um you know in in the hearts and in the minds of the of the jewish people in the time that that christ came Mm -hmm. that there are this this people who much like Joseph, you know, and, and even if you think about the the, the parable of the, the Good Samaritan, um, have been broken and wounded and, and left for dead, you know, and in a sense they're waiting for God to act in their life. Um, much like with the with you know all salvation history with the the Israelites. Um and I think that in Advent, you know, it's it's a great opportunity for us to kind of remember that at one point Jesus hadn't come yet. You know, mm-hmm. like there was no savior, yeah. uh, and what that actually would be like for us. You know, I, I, I would be much like Joseph in a ditch somewhere right now if it wasn't for the Lord, right? Um, and so I, I think, you know, eventually we'll we'll get to the, to the part where the vindication and and stuff comes <laughs> for Joseph. But I think you know, even just as we're at this point of the story, this low point, I think it's a it's a good reminder for us to. You know, much like you, you have been saying, good fathers, that um, in the midst of all of this, that like the Lord, the Lord will, you know, do something. The Lord will act. Um, but to remember that, you know, that Jesus has come, but then also that what that would have been like, you know, what that would have been like to to be in this place of of waiting and awaiting a Savior. Um, so here we are. Here we are in, at this this kind of turning point now of the story. And <clears throat> there's a famine in the land. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not just in Egypt, but it's also in the land of Canaan at the time, uh, what will become the land of Israel, where Jacob and his sons live. And they have, they, 
they're out of food. And so Jacob sends uh, 10 of his sons down. He keeps Benjamin with him. And we know Joseph is the other son. Um, so he sends 10 of his sons down to Egypt to go buy grain. And they come in and Joseph recognizes them, but they do not recognize Joseph. I mean, Joseph is older now and Joseph is dressed like an Egyptian now. And they don't recognize him. And he's speaking Egyptian through an interpreter. And they, they show up and they want to go buy grain. And, and Joseph uh, plays it like your spies. Your spies, you've just come to steal from me. I don't believe you. They're like, no, we, we're, we're, we're honest men. We have one of 12 boys. One's gone. One's back at home. There's 10 of us. And he's like, okay, prove it. And he's like, I'm going to uh, basically keep one of you here in jail. I'm going to send the rest of you home. If you come back with that other brother, I'll know you're being honest with me that you're not spies, if this is a true story. Um, and, and Benjamin is his actual biological brother. Um, so these are all brothers, but most brother, yeah. Yeah, stepbrothers, but Rachel's other son is Benjamin. So he wants Benjamin to come. That's his, his full biological brother, Rachel's other son, his younger, his little, his little brother. Um, so um, they all go back and they tell Jacob what, hap- what happens. Jacob's like, I'm not sending Benjamin down there. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're like, what? Simeon's in jail. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but I've already lost. Like, Rachel's my favorite. I've lost. Um, I think Rachel's passed at this point. Um, like I've, I've lost Rachel, mm-hmm. I've lost Joseph, I can't lose Benjamin. So they, but then eventually they run out of food, seven years of famine. So they eventually run out of food and they're like, Jacob's like, go back to Egypt, buy more food. And they're like, hey, listen, we can't go back without Benjamin. Yeah. And Jacob's really resists it, but eventually like, okay, we're going to take Benjamin back. With, with, he lets him to do it. So they, they take Benjamin back. They show Joseph, hey, we're honest men. This is our other brother. Um, so he gives them more food. Um, but then... Um, that's the other thing, like they tried to pay him and he like stuck the money back in their sacks and they were worried about that. So, but this time they leave and he sneaks his like cup into Benjamin's bag. And so they, they head out and, uh, and then he sends his guards to go capture them. And, uh, and they look through the bags and they find in Benjamin's bag, the cup and they bring it back. And then Joseph, of course, is, is furious. You know, he's, he's got it all planned. He's got the whole plan and, and, and to see, he wants to see whether or not they're really repentant. He wants to see how have these guys changed or not. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the crux of the story is we get into it and eventually um, I'm pretty sure it's Judah. Man, I'm sorry. I should have got myself up a little more. Um, but but basically they, they're sitting there and he's like, I'm, Benjamin's going to jail. And, and, and Judah's the one who says, um, don't, don't take him, please. Like take me instead. Like take, which is Judah, you know, this is the tribe of, of, of David. This is, you know, the leader of the, in a sense, we can get into, that's a different history. But um, even though he's not the oldest, he becomes their leader. Um, that, that he says, take, take me instead. He's willing to take the place of the boy. And, and Joseph realizes they've, like, they've changed. Mm-hmm. Like that they, they, they love their brother. And, and, and then finally he breaks down and he reveals himself. And, and then he gives one of the most beautiful lines is, is their li- he's like, don't be angry. Mm-hmm. Don't be angry. God allowed this to happen so that you could be saved. So God sent me here before ahead of you so that I could save all of you. Like, don't, 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 like, I'm not angry. And you're just, you're like, Joseph has his chance of revenge. He could have thrown them all in jail. He could have them all killed. Yeah. He could starve them all to death. He could do whatever. He, they were totally in his power. And yet his response is mercy. Yeah. His response is forgiveness. His response is like, and this is how we know that Joseph isn't holding on to a grudge the whole time, that he's kept on going back to the beginning. He kept on the mantle of truth that was given, like, my father loves me. 
and and even though this physical mantle of co-dominico is just taken from me, the reality of the fact that I'm loved by my God, I'm loved by my Father, it never never gets taken away from his heart because he never gives him to resentment, anger, bitterness, judgmentalism, etc. Because he has the chance, and if there was in there, it would come out. Mm-hmm. But because his heart is pure, um, an imitation of the chaste heart of Saint Joseph, this be- these beautiful hearts we see, um, that that they, he forgives his brothers and he lets them go. And then they end up coming down to Egypt, and he ends up saving the people. But how beautiful it is, this heart of Joseph. Mm. And again, what's the next lesson for us for, for Advent? Is we have to have the heart of like, like Joseph. Yeah. Again, we have to wear this mantle the whole time, the mantle of truth, of who we are, our identity as sons and daughters of God, and live out of that place, the place of that reality, that truth. And then in that reality, I think we need to tell ourselves, like, um, I let it go. Like, I'm not going to hold on anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to hold on to all the junk yeah. that fills up my heart. Maybe for some of it's anger, business, as we've talked about, but maybe it's other things. Maybe it's love of the, of the world, maybe it's love of self, whatever it is, that the junk that's filling up your heart in this Advent season, it's time to, to be free. It's time to let it go. And, and I think this Advent season, the Lord's asking us, and through the, this example of, of Joseph from the Old Testament, to prepare ourselves to say, I don't want anything but the Lord. And anything that's in my heart that's not the Lord, it's just preventing me from a deep relationship with the Lord. So Lord set me free. It's, you know, what Joseph dreamed at the beginning that his brothers would would find, they would kneel and bow down before him has now come to pass because of how he's risen up through Pharaoh's house. And, um, but, but it was not in the way he thought. Um, and it, and, and it only happened and God only allowed it to happen after he had really humbled Joseph tremendously. Um, that that I probably when Joseph had those dreams as a young boy, it probably there was a sense of pride. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm the youngest, but like, you're all gonna bow before me one day." Um, and then God leads him through yeah. this yeah. incredible uh, darkness. I mean, he's so humbled by that experience, so that now when his brothers bow before him, um, it's not so that he can then lord it over them, um, but it's now he can forgive them. Um, now, now that he can share with them what he has just experienced, which is his own salvation, his own deliverance, um, yeah. and he doesn't want his brothers to, to, to be trapped in, in their their own sins, and and so um, there's this beautiful, beautiful just that line where he says, where, "Where God God brought me here to to save all of you, um, where where you guys meant it for for my ill, but." But, but God had plans in all of this um, for my salvation and for your salvation. And, that, um, and that's what this Advent season is about, is just the recognition that, that, that we need a Savior. Uh, we really need a Savior. Um, and that Joseph is able to look at his life um, through the eyes of providence um, and to see all of it, just all of the darkness, well, the horrible things that his brother did to, to him, um, just the, the evil that, that Potiphar's wife laid before him, um, just the neglect of, of people that he has cared for, um, and and he experiences salvation, and 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 we all need that. Uh, we all need a savior, and that's what Advent is about. And then then it's about sharing that salvation with others, and that's what he does with his brothers, and that's what God's plans are. And so so God will allow us to go through really hard things, um, really really painful things, really really trying things. Um, just so that we will come to the knowledge and accept that that we need to be saved, um, and to allow God to to save us. And so, um, I think that that's that's just an encouragement to to really look at our eyes to the lives of providence, um, uh, 
look at our, our lives through the eyes of providence, rather. Um, and, and just kind of this Advent, like Joseph, um, seeing all of it is just leading up to, to God's breaking into our life. And, and that's what Advent is about, is, is all of the providences in history leading up to this moment where God then breaks into history. Yeah. Amen. And I love that uh, one of the, the last lines of that story yeah. it says, you know, he he names his sons, you know, Manasseh and Ephraim, and Ephraim because you know, the Lord has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Mm, yeah. uh, so just the way that God's provident hand is, is, is in all of it. And then even again throughout all history with the coming of Christ, that Christ came, as, as Paul says, in the fullness of time. It was right when he was supposed to come. So uh, praise Amen. Jesus. And make you fruitful in the land of affliction. Amen. And that's Amen. the afflictions you're going through. Yes. Yeah. Lord, make me fruitful. <laughs> make us all fruitful. Speaking of fruitful. Okay. 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 I like it. Where are we going? I don't know. I just, I grabbed onto a word. Mm. I segued, and now I don't know where to go with it. Just keep <laughs> segueing. I have a question. Please. Please. And this question is for two of you, because there's only two of you here. Okay. It's that part of the show where I get to ask a question. Mm. And you're trying to think of one really, I'm really hard. I am thinking of one right now. This is called stalling, <laughs> brothers and sisters. So if we have 12 men in our community. We mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Yes. If we were to throw one of the brothers in jail. <laughs> no, that is not the question. Let's talk uh, about... We all have an answer for it, though, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, who's the favorite? Who is the favorite? That's <laughs> also not a good question to ask. Um, let's talk about Christmas movies. Mm, excellent. What is your favorite Christmas movie? And not only that, but how? What are the situations? What is the room? How would you watch the See, Christmas it's, movie? It's, 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 it's always bad when you bring on a guest presider for a year. Because we did this question last year. Oh, did we? We did. I don't uh, I'm still embarrassed by it. I'm not embarrassed because my favorite Christmas movie is like, I'm embarrassed the fact that Elf... Well, I mean, is Elf my... is like 1A or 1B. So Elf is, Elf I know. is, Elf just, is in the It's canon. a wonderful movie. I, I know, but I want to say like It's a Wonderful Life yeah. because It's a Wonderful Life is such a good movie. It and I good. wish it was my favorite, but I just don't have the emotional, but it it wasn't a part of my <laughs> upbringing. It was like, I watched it. Yeah, I liked no, I it. I enjoyed it. It's like looking at it like this is a better movie. Yeah. But Elf came out when I, I think it was in college. I mean, and my fr- my be- one of my best friends in college and I, my first year at Trinity, we watched it over and over, like memorized parts of yes. it. like. Um, it was it just became like a part of our culture down there yeah, for sure. to watch and talk about Elf. So it's, I have this like emotional attachment to the movie. And I said it last year, and my mom's like, "Really?" <laughs> so I'm saying it again, and I'm embarrassed about. It. I'm sorry yeah. that it's uh, it's it's just a guilty pleasure. I, love I have the no movie guilt, Elf. Father. Lean into that. <laughs> but what is Embrace the situation? It. What is the room like? What are the decorations? Is there a warm beverage in your hand? Um, Set the scene. I've had a lot of sugar, <laughs> maple syrup, and uh, spaghetti, spaghetti, pop tarts <laughs> with pop tarts. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm with the brothers, mm. and we're just in that mood to laugh. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you're in the mood to laugh, sometimes you're in the mood to cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes you're in the mood to be inspired. But you're, in the, you're just in that need. It's a funny bone needs to be tickled. Mm. And uh, I don't know what I have. Um, uh, a, a cup of hot tea. Mm. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm just probably not too hot because then I might spit it out and mm. burn myself. Yeah, I can't. So that's probably else. a bad idea. Yes. Um, maybe I'll, whatever. I'm, uh, I'm, and then that like, I'm eating sugar cookies. I don't know. I don't like sugar cookies. I'm just trying to. <laughs> say, I don't know. <laughs> 
Um, I have no idea what I said last year. That's hilarious. Um, but I mean, Elf is Elf is probably like one B, but I can't say Elf. Um, and other Christmas movies. Uh, I mean, I do love It's a Wonderful Life. Um, just the just the scene where he like comes back to his 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 life. You know what I mean? After going through everything, and he reaches into his pocket and. Or he, he kind of like touches his lip and he's bleeding and he reaches in his pocket and he finds Zuzu's petals and <laughs> Zuzu's petals just make me cry every single time. <laughs> so uh, so that's probably my favorite one. I'm probably, you know, on a couch, lights are off, but you have the warm glow of the Christmas tree and the warm glow of some Christmas lights. Mm. Maybe like the warm glow of like the fake little Christmas town, you know? And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Got myself a nice little fleece blanket. I'm all bundled up. Got myself a nice warm cup of coffee. Probably some, you know, some some chocolatey Christmas dessert. And just, you know, just nestled in for a good Christmas time. Sounds like a wonderful time. It's, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful life. A wonderful it's life. a wonderful life. Yeah. Well, mine is, mine is either... Mine is either probably the second Home Alone... Or it's a wonderful The second life. one. Wow. Okay. The second one because I grew up near the city. In New York. Yeah. Okay. So so going to the city near Christmas time was always very nostalgic for that me. It would be, yes. The, the city was a, a magical, magical place during Christmas time. But also just just lights with the Christmas trees, maybe some snow falling. Oh yeah. I outside some snow falling here in oh, the yeah. desert. Yeah. Yeah. I love Christmas. Like probably the main ten favorite Christmas. <laughs> but wonderful. Thank you again, fathers. You're welcome. Thank you, brother. Would one of you care to lead us in a prayer? Just thank you, Lord, for this Advent season, this time to prepare our hearts. We pray if there's any ways that our hearts are not prepared, um, any ways you want to prepare them, that you prepare them now. Imitate the great example of Joseph to let go of all the junk that's in our hearts. That's none of you who might be filled with your Holy Spirit, but filled with your graces and blessings. And we open up our hearts to you this day. And may a blessing come down upon all of you gathered as we bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed Advent. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.